I hope everyone had an easy fast last week. Today, going through the Pasha of Et Hanan, it includes the very first paragraph of the Daily Shema, and the second verse of which is, And anyone who has studied the texts of Torah and Gemara and Medrash and Kabbalah and Hasidut knows that this is a hot topic item, <laughs> the love of the divine. I'm going to share with you a heretical reading, that of Simon Weil, who was born Jewish and converted to Catholicism. She parachuted into France during the Second World War to identify with the workers who were slave laborers and died of tuberculosis. In her writings, she talks about the love of God. And she says, meeting and separation, both of them contain some good. And this good of friendship is unique. For when two beings who are not friends are near each other, there is no meeting. And when friends are far apart, there is no separation. As both forms contain the same good thing. They are both equally good. And I like this motif. I am titling this podcast, The Impossible Love of the Divine. The Ahavto Hashem Elokecha is one of the mitzvahs in the Tariag Mitzvahs, the 613 commandments. And how is one possibly expected uh, to love the divine? So let's look at Rashi. I'll go to commentator, who immediately picks up on the Ahavto Hashem Elokecha. He picks up on um, a semantic or grammatical problem. It says, which means literally with all your hearts in the plural. Because if it would be with all your heart, it would have said, but it says, and so quoting the Sifri, he says, well, if you have more than one heart, you have two hearts. Well, maybe you have two chambers in the heart. And in each chamber, you'll find two different drives. So immediately, he propels us into this schizophrumkite. That is, our heart is split into two, the right chamber and the left chamber. Remember, the Gemara in Chulin talks about trephus in an animal. From there we learn that in Talmudic times, there were only two chambers, not four chambers of the heart, according to Galen as well. So, Pishnei Yisrecha means that on the right side of the heart you have one Yetzer, one drive, and on the left side of the heart you have another Yetzer. The right, the dextra, is uh, positive. The left, the sinister, is negative. Ah, so Bechol Levavachal, with all your hearts in plural, means Pishnei Yisrecha, with both your drives, the drive to good and the drive to evil. Dava Acher, Bechol with all your heart, also reflects this kind of duality, this double-chambered heart, and says, but now it's a metaphor. Your heart should not be duplicitous. It shouldn't be divided about the omnipresent. And there he brings Gemara, in which, Don't allow your heart to question the divine. In both these cases, the split heart, 
in terms of following the Yetzirah and the Yetzirah and and the heart that shouldn't be questioning the divine because maybe the right side believes and the left side questions, both move us away from the, the word Ahava. Ahava is love. It's an emotion. It's in the heart. The literal reading is you shall love God with all your heart. And yet Rashi, quoting the Sifri and the, the Gemara, immediately moves it into some kind of intellectual problem that you have with the love of the divine. Now, if we look at the, the Mishnah, which would be the next text that we should study, because chronologically, I like to do that. The, the Mishnah in uh, Brochus chapter 9 says, on a completely different angle, it's the last chapter of the Mishnah in Brochus, and it's talking about different areas in which you have to bless. Then it comes, so, you know, someone, Bonabais Chodosh, you build a new house, Konakalim Chodoshim, you make a Shechionu. And then it says, Chayv Odom Levorech Al Halato. A person is obligated to bless God for the bad, just like he would bless God for the good. And what is the proof text that you have to bless God for the bad stuff that happens to you as much as the good stuff? Our pasuk in our sedra, v'yahavta es Hashem alakecha b'chol levovacha. Now, what is b'chol levovacha? Comes the Mishnah, b'shnei yitzrecha, with both your inclinations, just like Rashi said. V'yetzatov v'yetzahora. Now, that Mishnah would seem to imply that the Yetzirah has nothing to do with the naughty drive inside your left side of your heart, but has to do with the Dova Acher, that you shouldn't go Maharher Afro Kodesh You shouldn't go questioning the divine justice. Yetzatov means you should love God with all your heart, meaning the Yetzatov, the good things that happen to you, Kashem Shemavorech Al HaTov, that's the Yetzatov. And Yetzirah then would imply when bad things happen to you, just like God is for the good. God blesses for the good and love Hashem for the bad that happens to you. For the bad that happens to you. Means you should love God by following one's good inclination and one's alternative inclination because when bad stuff happens to you, you may immediately wish to question to be Maharher after God. So our question then becomes, once again, what on earth has that got to do with the emotion of love? Well, you could say that the Gemara, the Mishnah and the Gemara afterwards, actually does talk about an emotion, because the emotion is the emotional response to good stuff and bad stuff. Okay, but now let's think about the Rambam, because the Rambam completely does not go along that, that it's not an emotional thing. The Rambam, in his Mishnah Torah, defines the obligation of Ahavat Hashem twice. He approaches this idea of Chayv Adam Levorech Alara, of Yahavto Es Hashem Elokecho, from two separate different ways. Let me first show what the Rambam is basing himself on. He's basing himself on the same Sifri 
that Rashi had, in fact, quoted. The Sifri in Devarim Piska 33. They shall be on your heart. Rebbe said, why was this said? It's already said, So Rebbe says, I do not know how one loves God. O-M-G. Rebbe is already telling us this phenomenological problem with the love of the divine. It's an impossible love to love that which is It's impossible to love such a thing. Now, the, the Balatanya will tell us how we come through his boniness to love Hashem, to realize the grandeur of Hashem, that he is beyond all description. It remains unclear to those of us who don't come from Lithuania how the mere knowledge of something would create love. Now, if you go to the Google and you talk about intelligent design and you ask Rab, the Rav, the Admor, me Google, about all the philosophers and scientists who have likewise dealt with this problem. That is, those who have dealt with the concept that the knowledge of the great universe inspires one to the love of the divine. In fact, Heschel in Man in Search of God starts on page one by saying, when I look at the starry sky, I'm filled with wonder and awe. And you see the difference depending on whether it's a Christian website or it's just Neil Tice de Grasson, whether these scientists come to any kind of mystical science. There is this group of, of physicists, cosmic cosmologists, who do come to this sense of grand design and the love of the design. But our Sifri is very rational. I do not know how one loves God. Therefore it says... Shall be on your heart. Meaning, how do I come to the love of God? It's the things which I command you this day. Meaning, place these things upon your heart. That means the Torah and mitzvah, so that you'll re- recognize Misha that you'll come to recognize who created the world. Meaning, by the love of the divine can only come through the intermediary of Torah. That's what the Sifri is saying. Now, Sifri is, we're talking about 3rd, 4th century. So they've already experienced the Churban. So the Rambam tells us in two places, it says, when a person contemplates his great wondrous actions and creations, and through them beholds his boundless wisdom, he immediately loves, praises, glorifies, and experiences a longing to know the great name. That means... One comes to love of God through the study of science and nature and cosmology. That's what it says in the Rambam. But then, the next paragraph, he informs us that for this reason he chose to devote a number of chapters here. In the beginning of Mishnah Torah, Hilchas Yisodeya Torah, to scientific material which does not relate to Torah. The Rambam is saying that. He presents this information because basic scientific knowledge is what leads a person to experience Ahavat Hashem. So for the Rambam, the scientific understanding and the rational laws of the world lead to the love of the divine. But later, he comes to the return to the concept of Ahavat Hashem, Ahavat Hashem in the 10th and final chapter of 
Hilchus Tshuva. Gewalt. And then he says in Hilchus Tshuva, what is the proper kind of love of God? It is that one loves God with great, immense, abundant, powerful love to the point where his soul is bound with the love of God such that he thinks of it constantly. Like those who are lovesick. If I wouldn't have read this in the Rambam, I thought this would have been Rabbeinu Bachaya, other more emotive medievalists, bound with the love of God such that he thinks of it constantly like those who are lovesick that their minds are not free from the love of that woman of whom they think constantly. So here the Rambam speaks of Ahavash Hashem as an emotional state rather in terms of a mode of conduct. So how do you resolve these two passages? And the later scholars have tried to. But before I do that, I want to share with you the Rabbeinu Bechaya. Because the Rabbeinu Bechaya takes issue with the Rambam in this kind of, uh, the way the Rambam slides in his two passages. One is an intellectual understanding of God, and one is an emotional lovesickness of the divine. And it's very critical as we move from this, in my theological trajectory, to understanding how one possible can love the divine following Churban. So Rabbeinu Bechaya says, Mashma shechoylik al Rabbeinu Bechaya completely rejects this. And this is what he said. Now I'm quoting straight from the Rabbeinu Bechaya. We know that there are two types of emotions. One is Ahava and one is Cheshek. Aha! The Rambam was talking Cheshek. Besotted with love, obsession. He mala avo. It's a much greater level of emotional attachment than love. So if 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 he wanted to say, how do I come to the love of the divine? He should have said the word cheshek, not ava. Hachuva bazer. Love is dependent on an object of desire. And so there is something in the object of desire that is triggering the love. When you're eating or sleeping, right? then when, when you've satisfied that urge, the love is gone. Someone who is besotted with desire, not with the object of desire, but with desire itself. There is no separation between the beloved and the lover. It is an obsession. Rabbeinu Bechai says you even dream about her when you're dreaming. When you're eating, you're thinking of her. And now he comes with this absolutely stunning idea. We are commanded with the two yetzers, the two chambers of the heart, the right chamber and the left chamber. Because it says, even if he takes your soul, even if he takes all your money. 
יצטורך האדם לעבס כולם בדברים המוכרחים כי אי אפשר לא יזו לאטום. So we're told שיעבוסם בעניין המוכרח. So he's telling us that there's a complete difference between Ahava and Cheshek. Now let's go back to then those latter-day scholars who point out that the Rambam really has a problem in trying to resolve the difference between the love of the divine through the intellectual pursuit of science and technology and nature and the love of the divine in Hilchas Tshuva in which a person loves emotionally. So Norman Lamb writes in a very nice insight, the average man is expected to observe all the actional commandments, the halakha. These actions, plus the summary of otherwise profound philosophical ideas concerning God and the Torah, offers so briefly are enough to give this average person the wherewithal to conduct his life in an orderly, moral and civilized manner. The mitzvah will guide him on the right path. Such a person must aspire to understand the God and his attributes basically through, he's the average man, through the love of the divine. The pursuit of Avas Hashem therefore assumes different forms to different people. Norman Lamb, the Litvak, is splitting between the average man and the Talmud Chochem. Now, he bases himself, really, on a tradition. For instance, the Nitziv in the Hamek Dover, the Nitziv notes that the Rambam invokes the love of God and that in another context he addresses martyrdom and the love of the divine that is emotional and says that the Avas Hashem of that second one demands no intellectual activity. So the masses are not enjoined to love God through intellectual engagement. He doesn't say science. Through the intellectual appreciation through Torah. For the commoners, Ahavat Hashem demands not love in the emotional sense, but an unswavering devotion and unshakable faith even to the point of Mesiris Nefesh. That's how the Nasiv tries to resolve the problem in the Rambam. Very nice. Now, having discussed the rational, let's move on to the Baal Shem Tov. The Baal Shem Tov comes with a radical new concept. The Baal Shem Tov says, Can you see that? It's brought down in Reb Nachman, in the Sichas of the Ran, of Reb Nachman, number 48. Now that means that he lost his faith. He fell. And we're going to come back to this idea of falling. Remember in John, in the New Testament, it says, Greater love hath no man. Greater love hath no man than he who sacrifices himself for the Lord. And Achadaam tried to state the difference between Jewish morality and the Gospels, not merely one of degree, but the very basis of morality. He tries to say that the Christian ethic of love is subjective and the Jewish ethic is objective, based on justice, moral value, and the study of law. The law gives us the limits of unconditional love. Now let's look at the Baal Shem Tov, which I consider, heretically, as a Pauline revolution. At one point in his life, they tell that he had a nefila. Reb Nachman talks about this multiple times. 
He falls into a state of apicursus and questioning, that left side of the chamber of the heart. He lost everything. He lost his faith. And it was such a level. You see how I love this? This gives me room to breathe. Who else would write in such a confessional way? I fell into this, into this dark night of the soul, this dark self-doubt, to the point where I did not feel that there is an Olam Haba, or that I did not feel I, Shelo Yelo Olam Haba. Why wouldn't you have an Olam Haba? Oh, because you're questioning the divine. We know in the Gemara and Sanhedrin, these are the following people who have lost their share in the world to come. And the Baal Shem says, they said about him that he had lost his world to come. He felt that he had lost his world to come. And how do you recover from that? That's not just an intellectual, it's an existential crisis. And how did he come round to it? How did he revive himself? The Omar, he said, Ani ohev et Hashem yisbarach below olam haba. Wow. I love God so much, even if I have no olam haba. That kind of love is a paradoxical love. It allows for the left side of the chamber that is maharher, that does question the divine. He is able to hold the left and the right side of that chamber in this schizophrumkeit, this schizophrenic schism, and even is able to say, I love God without Olam Haba. I think that's just an absolute dramatic, dramatic way that Rav Nachman brings us to that completely paradoxical notion of the, lo- of the love of the God. Now let's go to the Hasidic master, the Morinaim, who will tell us the wire diagram. How do I come to this state? And how do I rescue myself from this state? He picks up where the Gemara left off. And now he says, it's a command. You have to... You have to love the divine with both your yetzes. All right, let's do it. Very nice. That's straight out of brachas that you should bend the yetzer horror to the yetzer tov. And I didn't go into the all the commentaries about the shnei yetzorin means that you have to subdue the left side of the heart. The whole of the Tanya for the Sefer Beinonim is how to subdue and to transform the Yetzara that's in the left side of the heart. And the Gemara says there's a little fly on the leaflet between the right side and the left side of the heart. La Pesach Hatos Rovetsk, as God says to Cain after he killed Abel, beware. Now that we've opened the door to murder in the history of the world, just watch it. There is now in the heart of man this thanatos, this desire to murder. La pet pesach, the opening, meaning the leaflet, the, 
the or between the oracle and the ventricles of the heart, there's a little fly that sits there, <laughs> the zvuv, and the Gemara goes on into all of that. Comes along the Morei Naim, the Reb Nachem Nochem of Chernobyl, and says, "Well, we know that you have to Hashem Sholem. Your heart should be Sholem with God. Don't be split in your divine service." There shouldn't be a machloikas within you. His heart should be saying one thing, his desire, and his head should be saying something. And now, being a Hasidish Rebbe, he knows he needs to take us in his hands as the Rebbe. He says, that's the ideal. Now, if a person really knew this is Yadiyah, not in the Maimonidean sense, the knowledge of God through the science of nature and thing. This is an internal experiential knowledge. Believe Shalem, Shemelo Kolaritz Kavode. If you really felt, and this is, remember, the, the Baal Shem Tov's revolution of Hasidut based on Kabbalah. It's a pantheistic knowledge of God. Melo Kolaritz doesn't mean that his glory fills the world. He is in the Welt. Mamale Kolamim, the Shekhinah is present in him. And if he really believed that the Shekhinah was listening to you in your davening, he'd be davening and dancing and jackknifing and like the Kedusha's Levi. He would actually feel the presence of God. And he would be very intent on all his words. Since man does not have a perfect faith, a perfect knowledge of the divine, Okay, so he doesn't, he, he shockles, he mumbles, he does his vushvush, and everyone according to the, to, to the diminished seichel and knowledge that he has. The tikkun he says, is letakin How do I fix this machloikas in the heart? You have to go inside deep. You gotta go to the source of the split, the schizophrumkeit. And now comes the radical statement, because everything that's happening to you down here is happening upstairs, is happening upstairs in Kedusha. Wow. Wow. So if we go back to the second thesis that he says, why do we have this thing in our hearts? He says... How, how am I going to fix this in, in the source? If it's happening upstairs, it's happening downstairs. We were commanded to love him. Impossible. How can you love something in which you have absolutely no concept of who he is or what he is? He's beyond all knowledge. The Rambam tells us that in Mori Nevuchim. So the Mori Naim is taking us through the whole history, through the philosophy. Now he comes with this most brilliant, radical, earth-shattering concept. 
In fact, the only way to know him is the Yetzirah. I'm not going to know him through the Yetzirah. Yes, you're very good. You're great. Yeah, I'm, and I'm filled with the love of the divine. And I'm governing and I'm shockling and I'm filled. That's an experiential love of the divine that very few have. Moinaim knows that we don't have that. We come to shul and we shockle. Vuj vuj. So he comes out with this radical statement. Your atzalono atorah b'yetzahora. We have to go to the yetzahora to understand the divine love. How? She'ashem yisbarach morach me'olam moshol. The entire universe is a moshol. What the Daigle calls a moshol had kadmoni. It is a primordial parable. To what's going on upstairs. Everything down here is a hint to what's going on upstairs. And Rab Nachman says everything that happens to you down here is a remes from above. Meaning what? So the moshal, the parable, teaches us how to understand the nimshal, which is what? Upstairs. You want to know that if there is a problem down here in your faith, it's coming from the Yetzirah, you know that came from Kedusha, that came from upstairs. Okay, so how am I going to unravel it? I got to get into the Yetzirah down here. Dehainu, meaning, like eating and drinking and sex. I have to dig into my desire to understand what is that desire. What am I loving? What is the object of my chuka? You want to get to Ahava of the Rambam? You have to go through Rabbeinu Bechayi. You have to understand what the chuka is. What is cheshek? What is obsession? What is your addiction to understand what Ahavat Hashem is? Halohu rak ava nefulo meolom ava. Because everything down here is a moshal to the nimshal which is upstairs. And what is upstairs? Oh, that's the olom of ava. There's an archetype, archetypal love upstairs of food and drink and sexuality. It is an archetype that's coming down into this platonic world. It's an absolutely stunning vort. Then he, uh, he, he ends up, and we will end up, by saying, You have to understand, you mustn't split between the right and the left up there. You have to go l'shoyresh, the tikkun of down here, is to go to a place up there, which is the source of all your Yetzirahs in Kedusha, which is the source of all tanugim, of pleasure. You have to go to the pleasure principle upstairs to understand how it became fallen into this world of the Yetzirah. Ach yesh Yetzirah shemesame eine balyira, likacha nimshel raklech and so the trick is, and the avoider is not to get stuck in the moshal. The Yetzirah is loving to blind your eyes, Shemasame Einov, Bal Yira, so that you won't see the nimshal, and you'll just be stuck in the moshal. It's just stunning. I get stuck in the moshal is when I get stuck in my addiction. And I, and I act on it. Instead of realizing 
that I have to understand where that is coming from upstairs. And now he resolves the whole problem with the Rambam. Asik Batora. What? You want to understand how to understand that there is a Nimshal? That it's not just the Moshal? You gotta go to Asik Torah. Like the Gemara in Sukkah 52 says, some, the, if in Pogabam novel you have a naughty desire and you want to act out on it, no, don't act out. Moshchein al Medrash. Drag the Nesahor into the Beis Medrash. Drag him into the Beis Medrash. Ki tavlin That will bring you to Yetzirah. And I, I just wanted to end with this concept that... This impossible love of the divine. We've taken you through a tour. <laughs> through the Rambam. And the problem in the Rambam, who he himself is Soisa himself, and the Rabbein Bechaya shlogs him up. And then comes the latter-day uh, interpreters to try and make sense. And the only way they can do it is like the Natsiv and the Litvak Lamb by saying, well, you know, it is an intellectual understanding. Well, we split the people. Uh, the, the Hamone Am, that's emotional. And for the Tamidi Chachamim, that's intellectual. No, 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 so fast, our dear intellectual Litvisha brethren. You don't understand the depths of the heart of evil of man. His Thanatos and his Eros that Herr Rabina Freud introduced us to. That we are subject to these dark forces of evil that will tear continents apart both on the macro level, the political level, that causes millions of people to die in its wake. How can you talk about the love of the divine? Ah, comes along our Hasidic masters and inform us that you have to go to the dark night of the soul within the heart of the dark Yetzirah in the left side of the heart, the sinister, and you have to go down into that dark cave to understand where is that coming from, to experience that so that you can understand that that is coming from Kedusha, that the Ahavana Fula is coming from Kedusha. Here he doesn't say it, but elsewhere he says it. That the Gevura, the Dinim in this world that come down also come from upstairs. That this isn't our world, we're flung into it. That it is a world that is set up in which we are merely the pawns to carry the divine and in this great experiment we call humanity. I think this is a way through for me. Not just the springboard of the impossible love of the divine, especially after the Shoah and after what's going on right now in front of our eyes. But it is what the Baal Shem Tov says, that even if I am in the feeler in my apikorosis and my absolute atheism, that there is any kind of intelligent design, what I called yesterday, the rabbi, I called it a holy atheism, and he didn't shut me up. That that with that uh, with that nefila that we are in, and Reb Nachman saw that two hundred years ahead of his time, that there will be an apikosis in this world. It's not something you can escape by saying, "Oh yes, I believe." You have to go through it. You have to see the atheism that makes more sense than the belief. 
where atheism makes more sense to, than belief. And the Baal Shem Tov tells us, as the great leader of this Pauline revolution, that the only, only response is, even if I've lost my Olam Abba, I've lost it all because of all the apicosis and all the, every single item lined in the Gemara and Sanhedrin 99. And I've, I've checked that. Yeah, I'm off that list. Check that. No, I'm off that list. I got, I lost that lot. Oh man, you will know. You get to the pearly gates, they're going to say to you, you're going straight to hell. What, how did I revive myself? Because I feel the divine love. I feel the love. Which brings us back to the Simon Vial. That Apicorus, that she became a Catholic in response to the suffering of the divine. The only metaphor she could make use of was John 3, greater love hath no man. That converted her to Catholicism. But we, we feel that we can bring her back. That her words... Her deep words will resonate with us that sometimes the love of God is bound up with the affliction. And the proof is that in the next piece of Gemara, the Chol Nafshachah, they talk about the crucifixion of Rabbi Akiva. Meeting and separation, both of them contain some good. And this good of friendship is unique. For when two beings who are not friends are near each other, there is no meeting. And when friends are far apart, there is no separation. As both forms contain the same good thing, they are both equally good. Similarly, while ends, in God's love, there is an infinite nearness and an infinite distance. Lovers and friends are described as being chuka, desirous of becoming one, and also desirous that their union doesn't diminish even if great distance were between them, even though painful. That's what she calls affliction. For those who love, separation is good because it is love. And she illuminates what affliction is within the context of both agape and eros. May we be all zocher to the mitzvah of the Ahavtos Hashem Elokecha Bechol in this sense, B'Shnei Yitzrecha, with the two chambers, by delving and not running away from the Yetzirah, but understanding it. And for me, this is the true transformation, the paradoxical transformation of the Yetzirah to get back to this paradoxical love of the divine. Have a wonderful week.